As many as, as one in three emergency responders in some cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, right here in Baltimore, are refusing to comply with city vaccine mandates. I'm wondering where you stand on that. Should police officers, emergency responders, be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, By the way, I waited until uh, July to talk about mandating because I tried everything else possible. Those who just try to make this a political issue, freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on, freedom. Come on, freedom indeed. Welcome back to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado. For episode 171 of season three, 236 of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. Today is Sunday, October 24th, 2021. And I just figured out a new thing. I figured out how to record audio playing on my computer to Audacity. It's a new thing. You can tell it's amateur hour at the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show, but I'm a one-man show, and I'm the one recording, producing, writing, recording, publishing, editing, all the all the stuff, all the things. And so I just tried it. <clears throat> I just figured it out because I figured there's got to be a way to do it, and lo and behold, there is. I played two clips for you back-to-back at the top of this episode. And I just want to be clear about that. Those are not concurrent. His comments about first responders and waiting until July to start talking about vaccine mandates. And then his comment on freedom. Those are two clips. And so I don't want anybody listening back through this and saying, ah, that's deceptive. You just mushed those together. And, you know, he didn't say those things back to back. There was some other stuff as well. That's fine. But Pay attention to what it is that he's saying, the substance of his remarks. Context or no context, we have an American president saying that as many as one in three first responders, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, should be told to either stay home or they should be let go if they're not willing to get fully vaccinated against COVID. And Oh, by the way, the CDC has now changed recently the definition of what it is to get fully vaccinated, to be fully vaccinated. You've got to take however many booster shots they say you need. So if they say you need a booster shot every month or every week or every day or every hour, whatever it is that the CDC says, whether it makes objective sense However many doctors and scientists express grave concern, that is what the most draconian employers are going to abide by and they're going to require and force you on pain of losing your livelihood, your ability to provide for your family, the ability to bring home bacon and put a roof over heads and put clothes on backs is all going to be held hostage to this. And it's coming from the top. It's coming from Biden. 
And initially, this administration, Biden's administration, was saying, no, 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 we're not going to do mandates. We want people to get vaccinated, but people need to be free to choose. And as Biden says, you heard it in his own words, he tried everything possible to get everybody vaccinated, and it just didn't work. And I think what he really means there is they wanted as many people to voluntarily comply as possible so that the work of forcing whoever's left would be as small as possible. It would be as easy as possible. If you, from the get-go, say this is a mandate, you all have to do it, then you might have a majority of Americans who are really upset on the principle of you trying to force them in an unprecedented an unprecedented way to get vaccinated against a coronavirus. Coronavirus being a type of virus that we have not had vaccination against, as far as I know, ever before. And now we've got these experimental vaccines which are causing injuries, but you're not allowed to talk about them causing injuries because if you do, if you say, well, these people over here are having some very serious side effects, as bad or worse than COVID. You know, I, I think of former New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo and his getting challenged by a reporter last year about the lockdowns and people not being able to work and they're not going to be able to pay their rent or buy groceries or pay utilities. And what do you say to people who are saying that the cure is worse than the disease, that the lockdowns are going to keep them from being able to live, but the, the lockdowns are supposedly supposed to keep them alive. How, how do you respond to people like that? And Cuomo, for his part, was just incredulous. You know, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? That, is, that doesn't make any sense. How can the cure be worse than the disease when the disease is death, right? Well, the disease is only death for a very, very, very small percentage of people who contract COVID. It's not a death sentence to get COVID. My wife just recently had COVID and she's pregnant and she does have underlying health conditions. And I tried to get COVID. You know, I'm on quarantine anyways. Why not? Let's just get it over with. I'm going to get COVID and you have COVID and we'll all have COVID together. And I couldn't get it either because I'm just that awesome or COVID's afraid of me. I don't know. COVID heard all the tough talk and decided to stay away. Or I've already had it. And if I already had it and I didn't even know that I had it, then that should tell us something about how bad is this really? How bad is this really? I do know that we had the lockdowns. I remember that. And I do know that my hours were reduced. And I do know that my pay was cut. Even though I kept my job through the past year and a half, and I'm still employed, and I'm an essential worker, and yada, 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 I saw my hours cut to 40, even though there was a lot of work that needed to be done. And I saw a lot of changes rammed through at my work. And the response was, if there was any kind of complaint or pushback, questioning even, even just a question, hey, is this necessary? Just be glad you have a job, right? So I do know that I had that. I know that the lockdowns caused suicide and domestic violence 
and substance abuse and homelessness and malnourishment and children to fall back in their development and children to fall behind in the getting of their education. I do know that all of these things happened. I do know that COVID was used as an excuse to bypass all of the safeties on our election process. And I do know that the economic and national security consequences of that have been extremely dire. And we have not yet seen the end of those consequences. I do know that. But I don't even know if I had COVID already. I might have. I might have had COVID and I didn't even know that it was COVID. I just thought it's allergy season or I have a cold or I have asthma. I didn't even know that I had COVID if I had COVID. And why else would I not be able to get COVID from my wife? But you listen to that clip or those two clips rather from this town hall that President Biden had with CNN, fair and balanced as they are. And he mocks the idea of people objecting to the vaccine mandates on the grounds that this is about freedom. Freedom? Freedom? What? The freedom to kill somebody with my COVID? That's the kind of freedom you want? Get out of here. Seriously? I don't want the freedom to kill somebody with my COVID. You're insulting my intelligence and my integrity and my character. You're insulting all of us, really with that nonsense. Because I tried to get COVID from my wife. I'm on home. I'm on quarantine anyways. I'm at home. Gonna be home for two weeks. Might as well get it over with and then I'll have the antibodies. And I would I have no problem with the idea that my body needs to develop an ability to fight this. I'm just not convinced, especially when I'm seeing doctors and scientists and healthcare workers threatened punished left and right for trying to object to the way that COVID has been fought on a national scale, on a global scale. I don't trust that the vaccine is the best way to get my body able to fight COVID, able to protect itself against COVID. I don't trust you. I don't trust you when you're doing all these other things, which seem to be about control. I don't trust you when the CDC says, that misgendering transgender persons is a public health crisis. I don't trust you when our security agencies have just bungled the withdrawal from Afghanistan and now China and Russia and the Taliban and ISIS have swooped back in and they've taken that country over again. And we still have hundreds of our own people in country and we have no plan that I know of to get them out. Our intelligence agencies in this country want to go after parents who are getting upset at school board meetings because their children are being exposed to pornography, explicit pornography, and Marxism, and are being raped. There's one dad who got really upset because the school board was lying to him about his daughter being raped and was lying to everybody about sexual assault and rape at that school. And so then someone at the NSBA, National School Boards Association, writes a letter to the Biden administration. Hey, we're really concerned about 
death threats against school board members and principals and teachers and all this. We'd like you to look into pursuing domestic terrorism charges against parents who speak out against CRT and LGBTQ and their children being raped. And then you get Merrick Garland, attorney general, going before Congress and admitting that the only evidence to support this claim was the letter from the NSBA. And then it gets even better because the NSBA apologized just here. They apologized for the letter comparing parents to terrorists. That's the headline from Friday. NSBA Board of Directors apologized in a memorandum to members on Friday. The initial letter sent on September 29th asked the administration to investigate whether alleged threats to school board members over masking policies and propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory in lessons necessitated federal investigation. Yahoo News reports. Zachary Evans at Yahoo News reports on Friday. And then you get our counterintelligence agencies taking to Twitter to tell us all about how bad climate change is and what a national security threat that is. Well, I'm sorry. I wish you'd put a little bit more of your time and attention into the security threat posed by China and Russia and Iran and the Taliban and ISIS retaking Afghanistan. A little less on the global warming thing, a little more on actual terrorists, a little less on investing parents who are upset that their children are being trained as Marxists, that their morals are being corrupted systematically, that they're even being raped and it's being covered up, a little less investigating parents for being upset about those things, which are very reasonable things to be upset about, by the way. But what does this administration want to do, they want to mock and scoff at the idea that people would decline the vaccine mandate, would refuse to comply with the vaccine mandate on the grounds of freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. This used to be a very important value to Americans, that we would be free, that we would fight for freedom. I have a poster on my wall. It's a propaganda poster from World War II. And it's got on the one side men who clearly fought in the Continental Army under George Washington. And above them is the year 1778 in big, bold letters. And on the other side are GIs off to fight World War II, off to fight against presumably the Nazis, because they're dressed in their warm winter coats. And above them is the year 1943. And down below, it says, Americans will always fight for liberty. You know, it's a curious thing to me, because I, I have some libertarian tendencies and inclinations, and I realize very quickly the establishment types, the let's all just get along, go along to get along, the pacifist types will say, freedom is not that important. There are supposed to be some constraints on freedom. 
Well, yes. For instance, if Joe Biden were not erecting a straw man argument right now about having the freedom to kill somebody with our COVID, that would be an example of a freedom we do not have. You are not free to go around murdering people, intentionally killing people. You're not free to do that. Now that said, historically, is it reasonable to punish people who are healthy? It's reasonable to quarantine people who are sick. That is historically a tried and true method of stopping a contagion, putting an end to a pandemic, quarantine people who are sick. Keep the healthy people away from the sick people so the healthy people don't get sick from the sick people. But it's quite another thing to say, you have to get the vaccine. And we don't care if you've already had COVID. We don't care if you've got the antibodies. We don't care if the antibodies are actually more effective than the vaccines. We don't care that the vaccines will cause injury to a great many more people than COVID has caused injury to. We don't care that you might actually have a higher percentage chance of being harmed and killed by the vaccine than you do getting COVID itself. We don't care. But we're going to paint anybody who does the math on that and says, nah, not comfortable with this. We're going to paint them as attempted murderers. You step on the premises and you don't have a mask and you don't have a vaccine or the daily booster shots or whatever it's going to come to. You don't have that proof. You're trying to murder people. Get out of here. No, 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 no. Don't talk about how everybody else having the vaccine should protect them if the vaccine is so effective. So why are you, you know, if if you've got 90 plus percentage of people already vaccinated, why is it that you are so freaking out about allegedly a single digit percentage of Americans who don't want the vaccine? Don't you have the herd immunity thing by now? Shouldn't you have the herd immunity if the vaccine is really so effective? You could get into the weeds very easily with this. And you could say, well, you know, seatbelts, right? Seatbelts are a thing and we have seatbelt laws and we have speed limits and we have this, that, and the other thing as laws on the books. So what's one more, right? What's one more? But the problem is the nature of this mandate is so tyrannical and it will not stop here. Once a president of the United States starts scoffing at freedom and we give in to that and we affirm that, we give credence to that by all knuckling under, then where does it stop? There's no place for it to stop. Do you think President Biden is just going to rein himself in? Do you think the people in his administration are going to rein themselves in? There is an important point here to be made when we do the compare and contrast with our form of government and that of communist China. Communist China had for a long time a very infamous law known as the one-child policy. The one-child policy said that a Chinese husband and wife could only have one kid. And there are stories of plenty. There's a documentary. You should go out and you should watch it on China's one-child policy. Women would be pregnant with twins 
and they would be told to choose which one they were going to keep. The other one would be aborted, abandoned, exposed to die. A woman who was caught having more than one child would have a forcible hysterectomy to where you you will not ever be able to have children again. You're done. Forced abortions, forced sterilizations, fines, prison time, beating, abortions are murder. But what is a forced hysterectomy? What is that if not rape? Does your government have the right to rape you? Is that a question that we need to grapple with? You know, I look at one of the pieces up also from October 22nd from a certain John Knox, which I assume is a pseudonym, over at notthebee.com. Great site. Check it out. The title of the piece is John Piper wrote a weird article talking about the freedom to be vaxxed as Christians and James White had some major thoughts for him. And I'll just read some of this for you because this is just flooring me. Quote, I'm not here to slander John Piper. He's a brother in Christ and a man who has, by all accounts, picked up his cross daily to preach the hope of Christ and Christ crucified to a broken world. With that being said, Piper has come to some odd conclusions in recent years, starting most notably with the idea that voting for the worldly bravado of Donald Trump was just as morally wrong as the utter institutional corruption, unfettered support of abortion and woke totalitarianism of Joe Biden. In a new article, however, Piper goes even further off the deep end. Either unable or unwilling to see past the veneer of everything is fine that's been peddled by the leftist politicians, the woke media, the progressive academy, and the neo-Marxist big tech offices. The decision to be vaccinated or not need not be a political decision. I see here on DesiringGod.org, whether left, wing, or right, it can be a Christian decision, informed by scripture and free from the fear of man. Title of his article, John Piper's, that is, A Reason to be Vaccinated, Freedom. Look at that headline. Continuing on with the commentary, you might be thinking this is just a gotcha headline and that Piper will ultimately discuss the freedom of conscience, evils of tyranny, and the truth of the current narrative surrounding the vaccines. Nope, this is what he writes. My aim in this article is to encourage Christians to be vaccinated if they can do so with a good conscience and judicious medical warrant. The people I have especially in view are those who are not vaccinated because of fear of being out of step with people they respect and in step with people they don't admire. The message to them is simple. You are free. That's such an odd angle to choose to emphasize. I'm sorry. I think that's an odd angle. Is there some merit to focusing in on that? Sure. Do we have bigger fish to fry though? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we do. I was just recently talking with a friend of mine and he is strongly considering getting vaccinated against COVID. Not necessarily because he's convinced that that's such a great idea in and of itself, but he's looking at the cost benefit on refusing to comply. Will he be able to travel for one? Will he be able to stay employed for another? What will the implications be in terms of family connections? If he doesn't, this friend of mine has told me when he lets other people know that he's thinking about getting the vaccine, he's met with anger. Like they're angry with him for thinking about getting the vaccine. And he, 
feels for himself a little bit frustrated. Like, don't I have the personal choice? Isn't it, if this is about freedom, then I have the freedom to get the vaccine. Yes, sure. I'm not angry with you for getting the vaccine. I'm angry with the circumstances in which people who don't feel this is necessary or helpful all of a sudden feel like it's necessary just to survive, just to live life. So the big travesty here is not COVID. The big travesty here is tyranny. And the folks who are angry probably don't know how to articulate this because they're just so frustrated and they're so over it all. They can't even right now. But it is disheartening when you see more and more people who don't think the COVID vaccine is a thing that they should do otherwise objectively if there were no compulsive nature to the way this is being rolled out, if it wasn't a mandate, if things weren't being threatened in terms of their life and livelihood by the government, by corporations, they wouldn't get it. People hear more and more people giving into that and they feel frustrated because they know that the more people go along with this, the harder it is for the rest of us who are left, who say, no, I'm not doing it. No. And by extension, what does that mean that you think of me if I stand my ground on this? Do you think I'm a fool? Do you think I'm an idiot? What's the big deal, right? We'll fight them on the next one. No, no, we won't. We won't fight them on the next one. And maybe we won't even fight them on this one because we didn't fight them on the last one either. Continuing on. The idea here is that unvaxxed Christians need to be freed from those evil, likely conservative heathens who are telling them that Jesus won't love them if they get the jab. Nobody's saying that, by the way. Here's another quote from John Piper. Christians are owned by no man, no society, no company, no clan, no family, no school, no military, no government, no political interest group. God alone owns us and God alone rules us. We are not ruled by any man. We are free from all human ownership and rule. But woe to us Christians if this radical freedom makes us cocky. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. And the greatest evil is the pride of self-exaltation. Peter is clear about how God's ownership and fatherhood should affect his slave-like, son-like people. So let me stop you right there. And Here is a big question in my mind. You tell us that it's a big, big deal if Christians hold off getting vaccinated because they're afraid of what the anti-COVID vaccine mandate crowd will think of them. Don't have fear of man issues. Don't be afraid of man. No, 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 no. God alone owns you. You are free. You are free to get a vaccine. <laughs> well, wait a second. What about the fear of man issues with regards to the folks threatening to destroy your livelihood, your career, your reputation, perhaps even literally arrest you, perhaps even literally keep you from being able to see your friends and family. What about the fear of those people? Is that a concern? And what's this nonsense about cover up for evil? Why does First Peter 2.16 come into this? Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. Is it evil if I say, no, you cannot force me to get this vaccine. That's immoral. That's unethical. That's tyrannical. You trying to force me. You know, in China, again, 
with the one child policy. They've relaxed that now. Now it's two children plus because they realize they have some major demographic problems. Parents in China were deciding to abort all of their girls because they wanted sons. Well, now you've got all sons and not very many girls. And how do you keep a population going at all if it's all men and it's no women? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So now they've changed it in recent years. You can have more than one child. That's fine. Please have more than one child. Please. Please. Have we mentioned that we need you to have one more? Have we mentioned that we need you to have more than two? I said have more children. Did you hear me? Right? And it ticks up like this. And it sounds an awful lot like Biden with initially saying, no, 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 we're not going to mandate the COVID vaccine. And then, well, I tried everything I could to get everybody to take the vaccine, but they're not all listening. Some of them are saying, no, we're not going to do it. So now I got to mandate it. And now we got to threaten your livelihood and your business and we'll destroy your business. If you have more than a hundred employees, if OSHA approves the rule that was submitted to them, which is not in effect just yet, by the way, but we'll destroy your business. If you have more than a hundred employees and you refuse to force them to get vaccinated. The most recent thing I saw about China's one-child policy, how that's going right now, was an article from Gordon Chang over the summer in which he pointed out that Chinese state media, which is hand-in-glove with the Chinese Communist Party, so it essentially is the mouthpiece for the government, Chinese state media was teasing the idea of compulsory pregnancy, which is to say, we are going to make you get pregnant. We're going to mandate pregnancy. Now, I'm all for having lots of children. We're expecting our eighth, my wife and I. I'm all for viewing children as a blessing. But there's a world of difference between saying that having children is a blessing from the Lord Children are a heritage from the Lord on the one hand. And on the other hand, the government saying, we're looking at the big picture here and we're going to force you. We're going to fine you. We're going to arrest you. We're going to hold you down and make you get pregnant. Like, where's this going? Where would, how would you do that? Compulsory pregnancy. And one can imagine in a parallel universe, if the problem right now, we're not supposedly COVID, if the problem were an impending demographic crisis because we're not having enough children, a president of the United States saying, freedom, what, the freedom to not have children? What freedom is that? You have the freedom to be selfish and not have enough children to replace the people who are getting old and retiring and can't work anymore. You have the freedom to not have children who are going to pay into social security to keep all of us who are too old to work, supported. What kind of freedom is that? You're selfish. And then you trot out John Piper, and John Piper will say, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. As if it would be evil to second-guess and question or even denounce as tyrannical the latest, greatest in a long line of usurpations by Democrats. Nothing is sacred to them. Nothing. But you would rather key in on a Christian 
brother or sister feeling like maybe if I get the COVID vaccine, some of my conservative anti-tyranny friends and family will think less of me. That's the biggest fish you can think of to fry right now. That's the biggest fish you can think to fry. If all this that you said about Christians being owned by no man, no society, no company, no clan, no family, no school, no military, no government, no political interest group, if all that's true, why are you not engaged on the very troubling trend over the past year and a half, which says that it would be evil for you to keep your business open through the lockdowns, keep your churches open through the lockdowns, keep going to work through the lockdowns, dare to show your face in public, literally, literally, dare to not inject your body with fetal tissue from abortions, which is, by the way, my biggest objection to the vaccine itself, mandates aside. Now, the mandates piece, to me, seems an awful lot like rape. If you're going to hold me down like the Chinese government does, again, I would point to China. The Chinese government has razor wire fences to keep people in, and they are going out and they are forcing, literally holding people down who refuse to get the vaccine, holding them down and vaccinating them against their will. Is that okay? Is that all right? Are we good with that too? Because it's for the greater good. Would it be evil to say absolutely not? Would it be evil to defend yourself against being raped? You know, imagine a scenario in which China's problems become our own. And it's not that hard to imagine. Our birth rate in this country is pretty abysmal. Not because of a one-child policy, but because a lot of folks just decided it was a lot more fun to live it up, to travel, to amuse themselves, to not be committed to any one person. You've got the birth control pill. You've got abortion on demand. Life is for me. Who cares about future generations? And then suppose further that while we're busy fighting climate change, supposedly, and destroying our economy and printing money like it's going out of style, which I wish it would, China takes over the world. And then China says, forget mandatory COVID vaccines and mandatory boosters, and you won't be able to make a living or get a job in this town without obeying us on that. We're going to do compulsory pregnancy. We're going to make you get pregnant. We're going to make you pregnant against your will, against your wishes. You don't get pregnant on your own. We're going to make you get pregnant. How does that work? Sounds an awful lot like rape, doesn't it? I have the freedom to not. My wife and I, we have seven children with an eighth on the way. We've had three miscarriages. Heartbreaking. Soul-rending. I can't imagine someone trying to force my wife into having an abortion because the government decided we had too many children because we got to fight climate change. we got to fight whatever economic condition their theory thinks they can tackle through reducing the head count and reducing birth rate. I would kill. I would kill as many people trying to do that, trying to pull that off as I had to, to keep my wife from being forced into an abortion. I would kill to defend my wife and my unborn child. 
Mark my words. And that's not domestic terrorism. That is a God-given right to self-defense. Take it the other direction, though, with where China's going now. You give a mouse a cookie. You remove all the bypass safeties because what's better than bypassing a safety is just not having that safety in there to begin with. It's clutter. It gives people the false impression that they can remove the bypass at some point, re-engage that safety. Compulsory pregnancy. We've decided you're not having enough children. We're going to force you to get pregnant right now. You're going to, you're going to rape this woman? Not on my watch. I will end you. But see, that is where this goes. If there are no breaks, if there's no limit, if you can't even talk about, in principle, what does it mean when somebody is injecting your body with a substance that you didn't approve of? You could say, well, Gary, that's, that's rather crude. We're not talking about sex when you get a COVID vaccine. No, 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 no. That's not the point. Rapists, I've heard, don't typically do the raping thing primarily first and foremost because of the physical pleasure of the sex act. They first and foremost do it because of a psychological desire to dominate somebody else, to have power over every aspect of this other person. Now tell me, in good conscience, without a doubt in your mind, without any reservation, that you couldn't have very rapey-minded people in government who decide they're done sniffing little girls on national TV. Now, that's so yesterday. Now I'm going to rape an entire country by mandating a vaccine that causes more harm than the thing it's supposed to protect against. Continuing on with this treatment of the John Piper piece. Another quote from Piper. My point is this, don't be enslaved by fear of man. Don't be enslaved by the fear of breaking ranks with ideological allies. The old name for this is peer pressure. You are free. Your conscience is increasingly clear. It says get vaccinated. But there is this niggling fear of looking left-wing or progressive or democratic or compromised or woke. You are free to say with integrity, my decision to be vaccinated is not a political decision. It is not right-wing or left-wing. It is a biblically informed act of love. Sorry. Joe Biden, is that you? I thought we were talking to John Piper. Can I speak with your manager? Oh, hello, President Biden. This is so disingenuous. It's such a bait and switch. It is so disappointing. Now, here's the treatment from John Knox. Again, a pseudonym, I presume, unless Mr. Knox has come back from the grave to help us through this trying time. Again, what audience is Piper writing to? The pressure to be vaxxed is overwhelmingly in one direction. There is a massive global push by the most powerful people on the planet to ensure that everyone, even your kindergartner, is injected with these recipes from a handful of all-powerful pharmaceutical companies. Sure, there are places, especially within family and church circles right now, where someone might be mocked for getting the vaccine, but Piper mistakenly thinks this is the rule, not the exception. You'd have to be living under a rock to think this way. And again, As a sidebar, this isn't the article, this is me. This is Garrett speaking. 
I know somebody right now. I just recently had a conversation with them. I think it was last weekend in which they told me I'm thinking about getting the vaccine. Did I mock them? No. Do I agree with their decision? No. Do I judge them for making that decision after they look at the cost benefit and they decide it's worth it to risk their own health, their own safety, and to subject themselves to tyranny because of what's on the other end of the equation? Do I judge them? Do I look down on them? Am I going to condemn them for that? It's meat offered to idols as far as I'm concerned. No. And I told them that. Continuing on with the article. Unless you've been listening to the media where COVID is deadly to everyone, where the vaccines have near total effectiveness and no side effects, where January 6th was the darkest day ever, where a bunch of mostly peaceful protests broke out in 2020, where Donald Trump tear-gassed protesters outside the White House to get a Bible photo op, the list goes on. Mm. On point, John Knox. Dr. James White, another prominent Reformed theologian, felt strongly enough about Piper's article to write a thoughtful critique that, well, blasts Piper's arguments out of the water. White comes on at the topic with a strong stance against the vaccines. Regardless of your position, I would encourage you to read the whole thing and see which man is applying biblical teachings correctly into a proper framework of the issues at hand. Here's a quote from James White. John Piper made a major mistake in late 2020 when he weighed into the U.S. presidential election with an article that emphasized the sinfulness of arrogance in a candidate that at the same time naively missed the reality of the arrogance of the worldview of the other candidate. Amen. Today we live with the results of that mistake as the U.S. government overthrows all restraints in its promotion of ungodliness all across the nation and the world, from the murder of the unborn to the profanation of marriage to the demand that we celebrate the destruction of male and female in our law. For some reason, Dr. Piper has a form of tunnel vision that causes him to not see or to entirely dismiss vital and important worldview issues that go beyond the moment of his spiritual vision. And I quote, Oof, these are painful words. John Knox comments. Continuing on, the bulk of the article comprising numerous biblical citations about freedom is not the issue. Instead, the problem is found in the section that reads like a Pfizer promotional advertisement. Ouch. Then the application portion at the end. Thus, we should consider the facts as Dr. Piper presents them. The article has a section titled, What Fuels the Cooking Fire? Here, Piper presents the current mainstream narrative found throughout Western media. To summarize... The vaccines are safe and effective, and the only people dying now are the unvaccinated. After citing all of five sources, none of which were actual medical papers, all of which were secondary media sources, he concludes that the team called vaccination just made a first down even if monkeys are holding the chains. In other words, without even acknowledging the other side, Piper has concluded the dominant narrative is spot on. The vaccines are great stuff. The trouble with this is that Piper is simply wrong about the facts. Another block quote in conclusion. Dr. Piper completely missed the reality of the connection of the governmentally mandated take these or lose your job, your business, your freedom, your children, your life vaccines and the rest of the current rush into global secular totalitarianism. How can this not be a part of one's calculations? We all know this jab will not be the end of the series. The boosters are already being administered. Once one submits to the first in the series, Upon what basis does one object to the next and the next? 
Upon what basis do we define public health emergencies in the future? The CDC has already at the very same time, they are in control of our lives and livelihoods regarding COVID, proclaimed the use of transgender pronouns, a public health issue. Amen. Amen, Brother White. It is undeniable that the vaccines are not a solo issue. They are coming to us after mask mandates and church closures and pastoral imprisonments and before the next onerous demands from governments drunk on the power that inevitably comes from the rise of secularism. The secular state is far worse than the ancient pagan context of Rome, which was bad enough, for by its very definition, it must be ultimate in all things as there is no creator. Why Piper does not see the role the vaccines play in the overall demands of the newly empowered totalitarianism, I cannot say, but it is not the first time he has missed the role a particular element plays in the whole. Mean, arrogant tweets are, in the overall scheme of things, significantly less important than the fact that the Biden regime is intent upon forcing your children to celebrate drag queens and likewise just as intent upon taking control of every aspect of of your life to force you to live in denial of the Lordship of Christ. What Piper has missed badly is the role these vaccinations play in a much bigger, much more basic movement into a technologically based, chemically and medically controlled secular totalitarianism. That elephant is intent upon staying and until we are all intent upon removing him from the living room, he will continue to create soul destroying havoc for all. Oh, that John Piper would stop examining the tip of one of his tusks and help us all with the bigger issue. End quote. Mic drop. That's all, folks. Thanks for playing. Exactly right. James White is exactly right. And I do wish, I do wish, but more than wish, I do pray that there is an awareness of this soon. Because from my experience to my great distress, there are far too many Christians, Christian leaders, Christian pastors, Christian authors, Christian lay people who don't see this. They're in the exact same condition that John Piper is. And I think in part, in part, they are in the same condition that John Piper is because they have looked up to John Piper And they are following him more or less blindly. Or at least he causes them to second guess because they trust John Piper a lot more than they trust themselves. I don't trust myself. Why? Because I'm a depraved, sinful creature. But you trust John Piper? John Piper's a brother in Christ, sure. But also, he can be wrong. And he is. I'm here to tell you right now, he is wrong. In the early church, Christians were burned at the stake, beheaded, thrown to lions, and it all came down to whether they were willing to say this simple phrase, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord was a stand-in for the cult of the emperor. The deification of the emperor went hand-in-hand with the authority of the entire Roman government. Never mind emperor's were often deposed, assassinated, replaced, changed more often than some people's underwear, and they were dirtier. (laughs) Christians could not, in good conscience, say Caesar is Lord, because Christ is Lord, because Jesus Christ is God. 
and besides him there is no other. Christians were murdered, thrown out of offices, thrown out of organizations, ostracized because they said, no, Jesus is Lord. That's the kind of context in which you say, don't fear man who can only kill the body. Conservative Christians, very concerned about aborted fetal tissue being used in vaccines, the ethics now and in the future, not just a slippery slope, a slipped slope. Because first it was the vaccine mandate, and next it's some other thing, even darker. And before it was the vaccine mandate, it was the mask mandates, it was the 15 days to stop the spread, it was let's decide who is and is not an essential worker, we decide whether you get to go to work or go to church, we'll keep Walmart open, we'll give waivers to entertainment venues, we'll just put it that way, but we'll fine John MacArthur's church until we either get them to knuckle under or they stand their ground and call our bluff and then we pay them back, actually. I got to leave it there. It's a Sunday morning. I've got church this morning. We've got a hymn sing this evening. Something to think about, a lot to think about. But I would say this, if if the kind of religious competition that we have in our day comes from the woke crowd, which it does, and from secularism, a secular scientific state in which science becomes anthropomorphized, becomes our God, in which the state wants absolute power over every aspect of your life and brooks no question no resistance, no objections. At some point, we have to recognize that the danger is not just physical. The danger is not just political. The danger is spiritual. And it is potentially a question of idolatry, depending on our reasons, depending on how we go about it. It might be meat offered to idols. Don't get me wrong. We shouldn't destroy one another. But boy, howdy, John Piper and all the folks who agree with him You're missing the bigger picture here. You're missing the forest for the trees. But I got to run. As always, thank you for listening. Be well. Till next time. God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.